Hello, and welcome to the podcast for Neighborhood Church. This message was given by Larry Vold. You know, Pastor Mark said that, um, grab your outline. Would you do that? Grab your outline in your sermon outline there in your bulletin. I know we don't have near enough time today, but we'll walk through this kind of fast motion today, and it's all right. Because I believe the power of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God is plenty enough. You know, and it's great to preach, and I love preaching, and we don't ever minimize preaching, but today we're going to just be a little more brief in this section. Pastor Mark, 1 Corinthians 13 is where we are in your Bibles there, page 1786, if you use that book rack Bible, and we'll be in this uh, for about the next 10 minutes or so, 12 minutes. Pastor Mark said the difference between paid staff and volunteers, paid staff are paid to be good and, and volunteer staff are good for nothing, right? And, and that that's kind of brings a chuckle on. But the reason we say that is because, not because volunteers are worthless, but because they're priceless. And we love you so much. We hope that you've appreciated this month where we could just tell you how much we love you and how much we appreciate you, that what you do matters. And without you, our ministry would just not be what it is. Um, I've found our volunteers are selfless, hardworking, dedicated, passionate, godly, sensitive, and in relation to today's message, loving people. There's a lot of love here at Neighborhood Church. And without you, our ministry would be flat, painfully impersonal, terribly inefficient, lacking dynamism, less engaging, far less enjoyable, all of that because you make a difference. And we've taken five weeks to look at 1 Corinthians 12 through 14 and do a a very simple exegesis of these sections of Scripture where we've entitled the, the series, Ministry Matters. And what Paul is answering in this section, I'm suggesting, is that there are certain things that really matter if we're going to carry out ministry. Just walk them in your mind with me as we review. First, God's glory matters. Secondly, others matter. Thirdly, what you do matters. Fourthly, mutual support matters. And lastly, today, in relation to doing ministry, love matters most. And we find this in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And so let's read the text and uh, follow along. It starts this way. And now I will show you the most excellent way. If I speak in tongues of men... And of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have the faith that can move mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it is not rude, it is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when perfection comes, the imperfect disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. 
When I became a man, I put childish ways behind me. Now we see, but in a poor reflection, as in a mirror, then we shall see face to face. Now we know in part, then we shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love, say with me, but the greatest of these is love. Amen. Now, I know we got lots of kids in here and they're going to make some noise. Praise God. And it'll just remind us of how wonderful our children's ministry is. And seriously, we love children. We want to care for them and bless them in the name of the Lord. And if you're a child here and you're sitting right now listening, here I'm going to give you your assignment right now. What I want you to do for the next eight minutes is I want you to draw me the most beautiful picture of a heart you can, okay? I want to see some pictures of hearts after this service. So if you're sitting there with your coloring pad and you've got a, uh, a little piece of paper there, I want, I want to see some hearts, okay? Because that's what this passage is about. This passage is about love mattering most. Let me suggest to you three reasons why Paul tells us that love matters most. Number one, love is preeminent. If you're an adult and you'd like to write that down, that means it is most important. Love is preeminent. Verses 1 through 3, all the, all the exaggeration in this text. If I could speak with the tongues of men and of angels. What Paul's saying, if I knew every language on the planet. Do you know anybody that knows all the languages, can speak fluently? Uh-uh. This is impossible. And let's just say you could. And then let's just say you could also speak a heavenly language. What is the language that the angels speak? We don't know. And don't tell me you know. <laughs> because every time the angel speaks to us in Scripture, angels speak our language. So we don't really know what they speak. So Paul says if, they could sp- if we could speak every language, including heavenly language, but did not love, it would profit us nothing I am a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. Anybody ever heard a cymbal before? Anybody ever take up the musicianship of cymbaling and that's all you did? You would drive people crazy. A noise of a cymbal without the rest of the orchestra becomes very irritating very quickly. Paul is saying words without love become irritating. Now, If you're taking notes, you could write that down. Love is preeminent over speech because no matter how many words you've got, as eloquent as you might be, if there's not love, it doesn't connect. You know, here we are in church. There's a lot of words that come through this ministry. You're hearing words right now. You might have heard words out in the connection area. You hear words when you go to a class, when we have them. You hear words, 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 words. We can say a lot of things to people. The question is, do we really love I'm reminded of a woman named Marie who sent this letter to her estranged fiancé. Dearest Jimmy, no words could ever express the great unhappiness I've felt since breaking our engagement. Please say you'll take me back as I could never go on in life without you. No one could take your place in my heart. So please forgive me. I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. Yours forever, Marie. P.S. Congratulations on winning the lottery. You get it? 
Oh, flowery words. But you can see right through it. You know, all of us have a baloney detector in our hearts. And when people just say words, 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 oh, we love you, oh, we care for you, oh, we love, 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 love. But our actions don't show it, people know. And I'm the first one to say, I need to be more loving in my life. There are times in my week where my words are the right words, but they're not said in love. How about you? Love is preeminent over our speech. It's also preeminent over our spiritual gifts. And we've been talking about all the spiritual gifts, but Paul said, what if you have a a unique blend of prophetic knowledge and wisdom gifts as to fathom all mysteries and all knowledge and even possess mountain-moving faith but did not have love? Would it count for anything? Answer, actually, Paul says, no. Not some value, nothing. Even possessing the towering gifts are no substitute for love. Nor is love a substitute for the proper use of our gifts. Don't mix up the point. It's not that we want to be a loving church and not a church that has proper words or a church that demonstrates a proper example of the spiritual gifts. No. But with those things without love, goose egg. Lastly, love is preeminent over self-sacrifice. What if you gave your body to be burned? What if you actually gave yourself up for the sake of somebody else? That seems pretty loving. Well, actually, you can do amazing sacrifices and not really love. (laughs) Don't you love this? This is great. I'm so glad I have grown children. Anyway. No, kids are great. Actually, sometimes I wish my adult children would be back in this stage. Anybody got adult children? You know what I'm talking about? So self-sacrifice sometimes is motivated by a selfish desire. I want attention. I want people to see what I have done. What rules are our actions? Love is preeminent, and that's what Paul's saying here. Secondly, love is practical. Say that with me. Love is practical. Sometimes we think of love, and how many have heard this passage at a wedding before? Raise your hand if you've heard this passage at a wedding. Oh, look at that. Most of us. Is it wrong to have it at a wedding? Absolutely not. It's a beautiful passage at a wedding. But I just remind you here in this moment that this passage has nothing to do with marriage. It has a lot to do with marriage. But it's not, the context is not about marriage. It's about ministry. It's about what we do here today, how our church moves forward, how we go on mission. And the point is, it's very practical. And you don't have to be really a rocket scientist. Just listen to the Holy Spirit speak to you about whether or not you are loving, whether or not I am loving as I read these descriptions. Patient, kind, doesn't envy, not boastful, not proud, not rude, not self-seeking, not easily angered, ooh. Keeps no record of wrongs, ooh. Love doesn't delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. Oh, it's got strength. It protects, it trusts, it hopes, it perseveres. It never fails. This is a practical kind of expression that Paul's using here, and we got to get rid of our view of love being just this sentimentality, a feeling. I don't always feel like loving this way, do you? I make a choice. I make a choice to be kind. I make a choice to be patient. I make a choice to be long-suffering. I make a, po- a choice to not keep track of a record that somebody's done against me, to forgive them, move on. 
The church needs this. We need this. I need this. Our families need this. Our culture needs this. To see real love. Oh my goodness, what a difference it would make. Love is preeminent. Love is practical. And lastly, Paul says in this passage, he says, love is permanent. Say it. There's a lot of stuff that stops, like this sermon in a couple of minutes. And Paul says, there are prophecies, they will cease. There are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. Paul's kind of given us a list of, you know what? All this stuff we love, it's going away, it's going away, it's going away, it's going away. But he says at the end, there's one thing that's still standing at the end. And he noticed in verse 11, excuse me, in verse 10, when perfection comes, what is perfection? Oh, this is... This is a big debate in theological circles. What is perfection? Some people think this is the church that has matured. Some people think it's the scripture itself. When scripture has been, when the canon is fulfilled, then these things start going away. It's a good argument. Some people think that it's the return of Jesus Christ. Some people think that perfection, the word in the Greek is teleos or teleon. It's a word that describes completion or maturity. And what I think the context shows us from this passage is that the day we stand before Christ is perfection. Look at verse 12. Now we see in a mirror as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. There will only be one time in our lives where we see face to face. That's when we get to be with Jesus, right? I mean, everything else right now is by faith. He's the head of the body. And since he's the only head of the body, we're all just body. And we're walking through this world following our head, the Lord Jesus. And when it's all said and done, when we're standing before Jesus, here's what Paul says. This is divine scripture. Paul says, faith, hope, and love remain, but the greatest is love. I love that. What's the greatest commandment? Love God with all your, say it with me, heart, soul, strength, and mind. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as what? And Jesus said, when you love that way, you fulfilled all the law and the prophets. <laughs> That's where we have the biggest problem. Just loving God and loving others. I have felt like that so many times in my life. <laughs> I have. In fact, you know what? It was so special this morning being out there in the parking lot because I got to have conversations with people that their hearts were doing what we're listening to. <laughs> and you know what? Every one of us here today are doing that in our hearts. And you know what we need? Yeah, we need Jesus. And we need his love like a parent comforting their child and just hoping these next minutes will just be done. <laughs> we need God's love. And we need the love of each other this morning. Do you believe that? And this is a place where love really is real. So what matters in ministry? I'll tell you what matters. 
God's glory matters. Others matter. What you do matters. Mutually encouraging others matter. And when it comes to doing all that, love matters most. Now this morning, maybe you've never opened your heart to Jesus. No matter what burden you're carrying in your life today, you will carry all those burdens by yourself until you embrace the one who died for you and rose again. And you can do that right now. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, what a beautiful service and fun time to be with families, kids, babies. It reminds us, Lord, we're all in this together. And I would ask that if you brought someone to this service today that is not in your family, that they might come to this place right now to realize that you brought them here today to remind them that you died for their sins, all of them, past, present, and future. And you rose again from the grave to give the power to live a new life to anyone who embraces you. And right here, right now, Lord, maybe your grace would just touch someone's heart. And without even a word spoken, you would just tell them that your love is for them today. And they might simply just open their hearts to receive that love. If that's you, do it right where you sit. doesn't matter who you are or where you've come from in your life. If you've heard the Spirit of God inviting you to know the kind of love that will never, ever go away, embrace Jesus today. Let's stand together. Shall we stand and sing our hearts out to God this morning? Thanks for listening. If you'd like to hear additional messages or you're interested in finding out more about Neighborhood Church, please visit our website at threecrosses.org. That's the number three, crosses.org.